one. That was a good response. Amen. Welcome. We're going to still, as we've been in the past couple months, going through the book of Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians 4 and verses 8 through 9. And we're just going to be finishing up this book next week. And Alex and I have been talking with the surrogate elders and we're praying over what book we're going to be looking at after after we're doing Philippians. And we're excited and we're just trying to pick a book that we know it's important for this next phase, the next stage in, in, in our in our life as a, as a church. So, um, yes, as a, as a recap from last week, I was up here talking with you guys last week and we talked about about remaining in the Lord and the importance of, of, of standing firm and, and having unity in the Lord. And we see that at the beginning of Ephesians, I mean, of Philippians in verse 2, in verse 1, where, where Paul calls them to stand and have unity in the Lord. He urges, you, he urges the two ladies to have it, to agree in the Lord. Then he goes on and he says, rejoice in the Lord at all times, that no matter how hard life is, no matter how difficult the trials may be, that Paul calls us to always Rejoice in the Lord that no matter what's going on in life, no matter how difficult it is, we always have a reason to stand and rejoice in God. And lastly, Paul calls us to just remain in prayer before God, to, to not worry, to not be anxious about anything, but, but instead in everything, pray to God. And he calls us to, to remain in these, these three things. And, and really, as, as we continue through, through this last chapter in Philippians, he says, finally, here in verses, verse 8, finally, brothers, and he's just kind of, this is a continuation of what Paul's going to, that in order for us to to remain in the Lord, to, to stand firm in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord. Paul kind of gives us these, these eight virtues or eight guidelines here that we see in verse 8 that we are to, to build up in our lives, in essence, to have the blueprint of how we're supposed to be thinking and how we're supposed to be acting out as followers of Christ. So we're going to dive into that and see what, what, what it looks like for us to, to remain in God and to have a, a mind that is that is on Christ at all times, that is mindful, and that our actions walk that out. So if, if you're with me, we can just turn to Philippians 4. We're going to just be verses, be in verses 8 or 9. Can we just stand for the reading of God's word? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father God, we, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace over our lives, Father God. That, that you've brought us here, Lord, that, that you are sovereign and that you have a hand in everything, that you have us here this morning for a specific purpose, for a specific reason, Lord. And it's for you to work in us, Father God. We ask that you bless this time that we have together, Lord, as, as a church family. Bless this time. It may be a time of encouragement. maybe a time of conviction, Father God. maybe a time, ultimately, of growth, Father God, that, that, that we're not leaving this, this building today the same people we are when we walked in, Lord, but that we've grown closer to you, Lord, and that, that we seek to be imitators of your son, Father God. So be with us today, Lord. May your words land in our hearts, Father God. May your words change us, Father God. 
We ask that you bless this time together. Eliminate any distractions, Lord. May we just take the next several moments to just hone in on you and focus on your word and receive what you want us to receive, Father God. Be with us. Guide us, Lord. Speak to us. May the meditation of my heart be be edifying to these people. Amen. So as, as, we're, as we're just going to be in these two little verses, but, but there's so much here to unpack. And so we see that, that if I had to say the, the main idea here is, is that there's the Christian mind. Is, it has to be a mind that's disciplined, that the Christian mind has to be a mind that's focused on the right things. And if we're not focused on the right things, if we're not disciplined in how we think, then, then we can't be disciplined in how we act and how we live our lives. In essence, we cannot allow our minds to wander. And we see here that, that in order for us to stand in the Lord, in order for us to remain, Paul calls us, as, calls us, as we see at the end of verse 8, to, to think about these things, or in essence, to dwell on these things, that the, as the NASB says. That Paul is calling us, as followers of Christ, as Christians, that we are to, to, to dwell on these eight virtues that he says here. That, that we are to, if we are to remain firm, if we are to, to rejoice in Christ at all times. These eight things have to inhabit us. They have to be what our mind, what, what our focus is on. And we see, he says here, it's whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just or right, pure, lovely, commendable or of a good repute, excellent and worthy of praise. And he calls us here, as it says in verse, at the end of verse 8, to dwell on these things. What does it mean to dwell on something? It's to remain in that things for some time. It's, it's to focus on these things, to set your mind on these things, to, to be preoccupied on these things. He's calling us as, as, as this idea of dwelling, that, that, that these very virtues inhabit us, that, that we, they live in us and they work in us, that we, everything that we think is, we have to put it through these lenses, that these have to be what, what the Christian inhabits his life with, inhabits his mind with. That we are to fill our mind with these things. What we see here is the Greek log idem say is a verb and it's, it's an imperative. So what we see here is, is that, that Paul is really commanding us to, to remain in these things. Paul's calling us, commanding us to dwell on these things. That these eight things have to be what we first and foremost go to in our minds. That, that, that these are the things that, that we build up and that we filter all other things in our life through. And this is important. It's important because we know how, how wretched and how, de- how depraved our mind is. That our first instinct isn't to always praise and bring God glory. Our first instinct is to worry about ourselves and to be selfish. We have depraved minds, as it says in Ephesians 4, 17-18. Now this I say, and testifying the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So we see here Paul, Paul in Ephesians says, says that, that their minds are, are futile, that, that, that our minds are useless outside of Christ. That, that it's full of ignorance without Christ, that, that we can't even begin to, to think or, or act on good things because our minds are depraved, are, are wretched. Psalms 14.13 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. 
The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if, any, if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have corrupt. This is not, there is none who does good, not even one. This is the same verse, passage that Paul quotes in Romans 3 to just say that, that we are incapable of doing good outside of Christ. That our minds are not able to focus on the things that are glorifying, that are edifying to Christ. So we have to, first and foremost, if we are a new creation, as it says, says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that we are a new creation, that that part of that, part of being made new is our mind. That we're called in Luke 10 to, to love God with all our hearts, all our soul, and all our Mind that, that it's important for us to, to really look at our minds and, and rewire the way we think about things. Because outside of letting Christ come in and letting Christ sanctify us, and letting Christ dictate what we say or what we think, we, are, we aren't able to please God. Part of the new creation is the fact that our minds are being transformed. So, so Paul here is, is calling us, he's calling the church to think or to dwell on these things. He's calling us to a certain lifestyle that, that we as, as Christians are, are to be living out on a daily basis. Like I said earlier, it's, it's a command that, that Paul is calling us to action. He's calling us to take action with how we think, the things that we think about, the things that we do. You see, this isn't merely a, a suggestion for Paul. He's not saying, think about these things perhaps when, when it's beneficial for you. It's a command. He's saying, dwell on these things. And we know all true that, that as, as the mind goes, so, so, does, so does the Christian. That as the mind thinks, we act out. If we're filling our minds with filth, if we're filling our minds with, with garbage, then we act out in filth. We act out in sin. The things that we are putting into our minds essentially control what we do. It's this idea of, of if you ever use YouTube, you just got to use it once or two times and, and search a video. And the next thing you know, you have all these recommendations popping up based on what you've seen, based on things that you've clicked on. And that's how the mind works, that it's based on what we're putting into our minds, that the way that we act out. That the first things that come to mind are, are the things that we're dwelling on, the things that, that, that we Take time to really consider that, that really there's, there's undeniable, undeniable connection between what we think and how we live, how we act out as followers of Christ. That there's a connection there. And that's why Paul calls us to, to dwell on these things. And it's this idea that, that it, it takes practice, as he says in verse 9, that it doesn't come simple to the Christian, that it takes effort, it takes time, it takes practice. It's not something that just happens overnight. This isn't natural to us. These things are to serve, as we see, as, as we'll get into in a little bit. These eight virtues, these eight guidelines, however you want to say, they're, serve, they're meant to serve as filters for us. That we are to renew our minds, right? What does it say in, in Romans 12? Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That, that we have to rewire our minds. Ephesians 4.23 says, talking about the new life, and the renewed in the spirit of their minds. 
First Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for actions. Paul in Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. That, that in order for us to, to really live out this Christian walk, live out what we're called to do, we have to change the way we think. Things that we choose to impact our lives, the things that we choose to dwell on. Once again, this is a command from Paul. He's commanding us to think, to dwell on these things. You see, it's not simple enough. The Christian life isn't just about resisting temptation. We have to replace the way we think. When, when, when a smoker tries to quit, they don't just, just quit cold turkey, but, but oftentimes they, they find different areas, to different things to do, different activities to do in their life that replaces the act of smoking. They have to keep their hands busy. They have to keep their minds busy. That's why a lot of smokers either exercise or take up some type of hobby or, or just eat. They have to do something. That it's just not about resisting temptation. But we have to replace the things that we're putting in our minds with the things of God. It's just not simply about, God, pray, give me strength to, to resist the devil today. It's, God, let me t- take steps where I can build myself up, where I can build strength to resist Satan. This idea that we have to replace the way we think. And so we come here to where Paul gives us these eight virtues of, of, of what we need to do, what we need to be dwelling on, that are really the blueprint for the Christian mind, that, that really it's through these eight different virtues, through these lenses, that we really should see whether the way we think or the way we act is glorifying to God, is honorable to God. So the first one, he says, well, whatever is true. So the question, well, what is truth? What, what is true? John 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. The word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, that's what true is. So, so we should, we're called to dwell on the word of God, dwell on, on what is true. It's the words of God. It's what we find here in this Bible, the things that we are to dwell on, to think. To think about, to dwell on what is true is, is to dwell in the word of God. It's to remain, it's to, to set up camp in the word of God. And we go through life according to that. That the way we think should be the way what the Bible says, what the Bible says, how to live, how to think. So we really want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we have to be deeply rooted in the scriptures. That, that, that there's no other, no other standard for truth other than the word of God. If we really want our eternal compass to be adjusted, then we have to remain on in the word of God. We have to dwell and spend time and practice and, and inhabit ourselves in the word of God. And really what we see is, is, that, is that the word of God is, this, is the foundation for, for the other seven. That without the word of God, you can't begin to think of the things that are honorable. You can't begin to think of the things that are just or right. That at the very core, that the very foundation of, of how we think the word of God has to be at the bottom, has to be at the very foundation for all the rest to fall into play. Ultimately, we, we, our appeal is to Scripture and nothing else. Our appeal is to the Word of God, the truth, and nothing else. The way we know and the way we understand what is truth is by reading God's Word. If God's truth, if His Word, if the Bible is not the foundation, 
then we are setting ourselves up for failure. We are setting ourselves up to keep sinning, to keep falling short, because we don't have a proper foundation. So whatever is true, whatever is, is in God's word, those are the things that we are called to dwell on. Those are the things that we're called to think about at all times. Next, he says that whatever is honorable or, or noble or lofty or whatever is, is august, something that's of, of majestic dignity. In other words, it's really whatever the things that are honorable, are the things that, that are worthy of worship before God. These are the things that we are called to think about are the things that, that should lead us to be in awe before our perfect and holy God. Things that brings us to our knees and thank God and praise him. Those are the things that are honorable or, or God's characteristics or his attributes. The fact that he is an everlasting God, that he's eternal, that he is good, that he is a gracious God, a holy God. He's an unchanging God, that he's sovereign and that he is love. These, these are the things that, that are honorable. These are things that really bring us to our knees before a holy and righteous God. And understand that, that we are wretched beings, but, but it's through the work of Christ, it's through what, what God has planned from the very foundations that we're able to even submit ourselves to God. These are the things that are honorable, the things that bring us before the Lord and, and, and bring, leads us to worship before him. He goes on and says, whatever is just or right. In other words, it's these things that conforms to the standard of God's holiness. It's really whatever squares up with Scripture. That in order for us to focus on what is right or on what is just, then, then we have to go back to the Word of God and we have to go back to the character of God and see who God is and see who God is calling us to be through His Word, through His truth. We are to, to dwell, to, to think about what is right. See, once again, like I said earlier, there's this, this undeniable connection between our thoughts and how we live. Right and just thoughts leads to right and just living. While we all know what wrong thoughts, where, where wretched thoughts leads, it leads to sin. Having idols in our lives leads to sin, not dwelling on God's word and not letting it inhabit and take up space in our hearts and take up space in our minds leads to wretched living. Next, he says, whatever is pure or, or whatever is, is wholesome or holy. This idea of, 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 of this blameless or, 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 or chaste. It's this idea that, that we are not to be focusing on the things that are corrupted in this world. That we aren't to be focusing on sin. That we are, to, or we are to be focusing, that we are to be dwelling on the things that are pure. Once again, thinking pure thoughts, dwelling on pure thoughts leads to pure actions. In other words, we cannot have a pure mind. We cannot have pure thoughts if all we are doing is, is allowing filth into our brains, allowing filth to kind of take over our life. This is why it's so important that, that we have to watch the things that we are watching. We have to watch things that we're hearing. And, and ultimately, we have to watch the things that, that we're reading. That, that all this stuff, if, if it doesn't align with Scripture, if it doesn't bring God glory... 
then you have to ask yourself, should I be doing this? Should I be dwelling in this? Should I be thinking about this? If it doesn't align with God's truth. We are called, yes, we're called, we have liberty in Christ. But we have that, we have to, things that we choose to practice, things that we choose to dwell on, has to, in essence, align with Scripture. This idea that, that to focus on what is pure, to dwell on what is pure, like I said, it's, we have to really consider the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, and the things that we read, or the company that we choose to keep. That sometimes we have to realize that the people we choose to have around us affect us, affect the way we think, affect the things that we do. We're called to dwell, to remain in all that is pure. Next, he says, whatever is lovely, things that promote peace, in other words, things, things that are acceptable to God, things, things that, that God finds beautiful. Those are the things that, that, that is meant that we are to dwell in, that we are to focus on, that we are to, to be thinking about constantly. In other words, what are those things that God finds lovely? It's, it's when we, as followers of Christ, are functioning the way that we are supposed to. Or, or when the church is functioning the way it's supposed to. Those are the things that God finds lovely. When the church is taking care of their own. When there's unity and peace within the church. Those are the things that God finds lovely. When the church is on missions, when the church is, is concerned about making disciples and, and bringing people closer to God. When the church is functioning like that, when we function like that in our lives, those are the things that God finds lovely. We need to focus on the things that, that, that are pleasing and acceptable to God. Next, he says, whatever is commendable or, or whatever is of good repute, as, as, as ASB says. It's those things that, that whatever is highly regarded by God. How do we know what God finds commendable? How do we know what God approves of? We have to ultimately go back to the scriptures to know those things. To know what God finds approving. To know what God, God finds commendable. We have to be in our word. We have to be dwelling and taking inhabitants in our word. And he switches here almost to sum up. All that he's talked about in this point, he says, if there's any excellence or, 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 or if there's anything of, of high moral standard, anything that's, that's virtuous, anything that, that's, that's ethically good or morally good, anything that, that's of good quality. In other words, anything that's excellent, anything that shows who God is, these are the things that we're called to dwell on. Things that show that God is love, that God is righteous, that God is holy, that, that he is a just God. And ultimately that, that he reigns as, as Lord over the earth. That whether one day, whether you believe in Christ or not, you will come and face judgment before the king. These are the things that are excellent. If there's any excellence, dwell on these things. Think about these things. Do these things. Live these things out. Is what Paul is calling us to do. Next, the last thing in, in these eight virtues that we see is, is the things that, that are worthy of praise. This idea is the, the things that, that are applauded as right. 
for the words. It's anything that you want to be recommended before God. If you, if, if, if in other words, it's what do you want people to say about you? What do you want representing you? Someone comes and says, this is Ricardo. He is. Finish that sentence for yourself. What do you want people to say about you? What are the things that you want to bring before God as, as in essence, as your reputation? Things that come before God, that God applauds as right. That, that God, that we come before God. These are the things that, that come before us. These are the things that are worthy of praise. What do you want to be said about you? These are the things. If you want it to be said that you are in love, that you are a patient person, then, then, then we, we are to focus on these things. If you want it to be said that, that, that you are a person who lived a good life, then what do you need to do in order for that to be true? These are the things that, that, that we are to be thinking about or, or we are to dwell. We cannot possibly live a life that is worthy of the calling if we're not first and foremost dwelling on the things that, that are from God, dwelling on the things that are honorable, dwelling on things that are, that are just, that are pure, that are lovely, that, 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 that are commendable, that God finds right. We are called to dwell on these things. That, that, that at the foundation, like I said earlier, is, is the word of truth. And then the walls that we build around our mind are, are things that, that God finds honorable, are things that God finds pure, that God finds lovely, that God finds commendable, that, that, that are just. That's, those are the walls that we have to build around our minds and around our hearts in order for us to live a life that, that, that is worthy of God, that brings honor to God. That we have to be thinking, that we have to be dwelling on these things. He goes on in verse 9, he says, Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you things that you've learned. What he's talking about here to the Philippians is the things that they've been taught, the, the sound doctrine or, or the theology that we've learned, that, that we are to be learning, that, that we should be learning. These are the things that we are we should be focusing on, that we should be practicing. You know, the letters, he says the things that you receive, the letters that, that the Philippian church may receive that we now have in, in, in God's scripture. These are the things that we are to be practicing. You know, back then they, they must have, might have heard about Paul, different things that he's doing, things that weren't included in his letters. And those are the things that Paul's saying, saying practice, or that they've seen Paul do. Paul's saying, look at me. I'm the model of this. If, if you want to live a life that, that is in submission to God, if you want to live a life that, that, that dwells on those things, that dwells on what is honorable, that dwells on what is right, that dwells on what is commendable, that is lovely, that they then look to Paul. Look at Paul, and we are to mimic, in essence, Paul saying, mimic me. Look what I'm doing. Practice the things that I'm practicing. He says, and the God of peace will be with you. That God himself will be with those. He will dwell in those who, who are practicing these things. Who, who choose to dwell on what is right. To dwell on what is honorable. To dwell, to dwell on what is commendable before God. 
we cannot think, we cannot dwell on these things. We cannot dwell on what is honorable if we don't first come back to the word of God. It all points back to the word of God, to the truth that we are to remain in the scriptures. How do we live this out? How do we apply this? Simply read your Bible. Pray before God. And if you do these things, if you, if you build this, this fortress around your mind with the foundation being God's word and with the walls being the things that are honorable, the walls being the things that are pure or lovely or just, then, we're, then, then, then it's a little bit easier to, to remain in God, to, to look at the things of life and rejoice at all times. These are the blueprints for the Christian mind. That, that really, if, if, if anything that we're thinking, that anything if we're doing, if it does not align with these things, they don't align with these virtues, they don't align with these guidelines, then it's simple. Stop doing it. Stop thinking about that thing. That we're called to remain in God. In order for us to, 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 to set ourselves up for success, we have to, to, to be dwelling on the things of God. We have to remain in the scriptures. We have to be practicing these things out on a daily basis. That God calls us to a certain lifestyle as followers of him. Calls us to, to live right, to, to be worthy, to be worthy of praise, to bring things to Him that are honorable. If we want to serve God, if we want to love God, then we have to first and foremost start with our mind. We cannot allow the things of this world, the filth, to, to infiltrate the way that we think, because once they do, then, then we walk according to those things. So how do you want to live your Christian walk? How do you want to live for Christ? If you want to live and you want to bring things and you want to bring praise and honor to God, then these are the things that Paul's saying to dwell on. That if you, if you want to remain prayerful before God, then dwell on these things. If you want to, to, to have unity and you want to agree on the Lord, then dwell and think about the things of God. Think about what is pure. Think about what is lovely. We cannot live this, this, this Christian walk if we're not first and foremost concerned with the things that are coming into our lives. If we're not active in what we allow in. If we're not active and, and, and cautious about what we, we are doing or what we're thinking. These are the things that, that Paul is calling us to do. It's calling us, in essence, to build a fortress, build this, this foundation in our life where we don't let anything from the outside penetrate in. In order to do this, we have to, first and foremost, remain in God's word. We, that will always be what we here at this church stand on, is on God's word. Is what does the scripture say? What does God's word say? And we live according to that. We are to live a life that is commendable before God. We must be dwelling on these things. We must be thinking about these things. These things must take root in our minds and in our hearts. We are to live a life that is worthy of God. If we want to bring God praise, bring him honor, then think or dwell on these eight virtues. Let's pray. Father God, we, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for... For your love and your mercy and your grace over our lives, God. That, that despite how wretched we may be, 
despite how how we never our first thought is never to please you, God. You still sent your son to die for us, Father God. And in his death and in his resurrection, we now made new. We are a new creation, Lord. And we now, through you, through your Holy Spirit, have the ability to dwell on the things that are pleasing to you, Father God. That we are able to, to build a fortress around our mind and around our hearts, Lord. So that we may, we, that we may act right, Father God. Convict us in errors that we need, Father God. We all may have errors where we're not giving it up to you, Lord. We're, we're errors in our life that we're not thinking pure thoughts, that we're not thinking about what, what is honorable before you, Father God. Things that, that we aren't going back to Scripture and letting Scripture dictate how we, how we think or act, Father God. Convict us in those areas. Show us where we're falling short, Lord. And chisel away the errors that, that, that are hardened towards you, Father God. That we don't want to give to you. Because we just enjoy it a little bit too much right now, Lord. Impact us. Change us. Dwell in us, Father God. Be with us. Keep us safe as we go home. Keep us safe as we enjoy a nice hot meals with, 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 with our family, Father God. Bless the conversations around the table. Lord, bless, bless the, um, the food. May it nourish our bodies. Just bless this time of fellowship, Lord. Maybe a time of, of growth, maybe a time of laughter. Maybe a time where we can just come and just sit as, as, as a family before you and honor you, Lord, with our fellowship. In your name we pray. Amen.